takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us to be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Wow, Islanders with a 6-3 win over the Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver. For those of you who were able to stay up late and watch the game, Uh, An exciting game. The Islanders getting off to a fast start. We'll break it down for you, including some of these interesting, and I'll put that in air quotes, interesting line combinations that Barry Trotz put together. And I'll discuss why that actually was a good idea for the Islanders. So we'll have our key takeaways from the game, and there were many of them, plus our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR, VSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. I'll give you some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with fans during the game and really anytime. So hit me up on Twitter. If there's something you want to discuss or or say or comment on, it's always great to talk to fans. Wow. Uh, The Islanders get off to a fast start, jump off to a 5-0 lead. Three goals in 31 seconds. The second fastest three goals in Islanders franchise history. And the Islanders skate away with the 6-3 win. And look, it wasn't all easy going for this team. They get off to the 5-0 lead, uh, and yet, you know, Vancouver got back into this game, and nothing comes easily for this Islanders team. We kind of know that. But look, let's get a few things started off the bat. First off, congratulations to Zach Paris playing in his 1100th NHL game last 1100 games. I mean, that is uh, regular season only, in fact, but that is an incredible accomplishment for Parise. Not a lot of players reach that level. And look, you, you have to be a good player to last 1,100 games in this league. And Parise 
celebrated that by getting the first goal of the game just three minutes and 25 seconds in, and that helped set up the three goals in 31 seconds. It was Parise, then Brock Nelson, uh, 18 seconds later, and then 13 seconds after that, Anders Lee. So congratulations to Zach Parise. Look at these lineups, though. You know, here's the thing. We talked extensively uh, after the loss to the Kraken last Wednesday, the last game before the All-Star break, that this team needed some kind of shakeup. And about their lack of desperation, something that, you know, too often in so many games this year, you know, down two to one or up two to one or or just, you know, in a close game, it didn't see that feeling that the Islanders understood that they needed to go all out to try to get the two points, that they needed to play with, you know, controlled desperation, yes, but desperation nonetheless. And in this game, they came out with that desperation. What did Barry Trotz do as the coach? He comes out and shakes up the lineup. Now, we knew Kyle Palmieri was not going to be there. He, you know, he and his wife had a baby, and and congratulations to the Palmieri family, and we wish them all all the best. Uh, So we knew Palmieri was not going to be in the lineup. So here is the lineup that started the game for the New York Islanders. Matthew Barzal centering Anders Lee and Cal Clutterbuck as the first line. Brock Nelson centering Ross the Boss, Johnston, and Josh Bailey. Then it was Pajot, Parise, and Wallstrom as the third line. That was really the only line that was more or less intact. And then Sezikis, Martin, and Bavillier as the fourth line. Chara, Chara and Dobson, Pellick and Mayfield, Green and Pulak as your defensive combinations. And, of course, you had Ilya Sorokin in between the pipes for the Islanders. Now, are these lineup combinations that are going to work long-term? I doubt it. I, I, I mean, I don't foresee Cal Clutterbuck being on the top line long-term. And yet, he goes out there today and picks up two assists in this game, getting more ice time than he normally gets, almost 17 minutes, seven hits out there by Cal Clutterbuck. And, you know, can Cal Clutterbuck skate with Matthew Barzal no, not really, not long-term. But did it work in this game? Absolutely. It shook things up. Ross Johnston got, you know, his job done. Played 13 minutes, 31 seconds, four hits. Dropped the gloves early on in this game. You know, the Islanders take the one to nothing lead. And then Luke Shen challenges Ross Johnston to drop the gloves. And he did. And Johnston more than held his own, probably won the fight. But more importantly, uh, 
ended up playing a solid game out there on the second line. And he didn't figure in the scoring, didn't figure in the minus, but again, you had the fight, the four hits, two blocked shots. All of a sudden, the Islanders have that effort. And the, the only line that was really kept all together in this case was Pajot, Parise, and Wallstrom, the third line. Who gets the first goal? Third line, where Parise pokes the puck home. And Wall had some scoring opportunities. Uh, Bavillier fit in well on the fourth line, setting up Casey Zizekas with a great pass uh, for the Islanders' fourth goal that Zeke just redirected. Um, these combinations just worked and gave the team that short-term jolt that they really needed. Now, Friday, do I expect these lines to remain in place? Probably not. If Kyle Palmieri is back, I assume he'll be in the lineup, probably in place of Ross Johnston. But either way, the Islanders, you know, I remember years ago, and I hope I'm remembering this story correctly, where the Islanders were going, you know, having a rough patch during their dynasty years. And Al Arbor picked lines just by putting names in a hat and pulling them out. Not because he thought that that would be, you know, the answer long-term to his team's problems, but just to shake things up. And sometimes you got to do that. And that's what Barry Trotz did today. Psychologically, it was a smart move and the team responded. But here's the thing. The key to the Islanders' success, well, we're going to talk about that when we come back with lots more key takeaways from this game still to come. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march to the playoffs and right up to the big game this weekend. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Check out BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily, presented by Locked On NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So, some more thoughts about this game. And again... Islander fans have to be pleased with the team's overall performance. But still some disconcerting things out there. You get off to a 5 to nothing lead. And with a minute four left in the first period, Oliver ekman Larson scores an unassisted goal that gets Vancouver on the board and gives them that little spark they needed heading into the second period. How many times this season 
have we seen this Islanders team suffer a letdown in the final minute, minute and a half of a period. And it has cost them a lot in this season. And it it didn't end up costing them the game here, but they played sloppily in the last minute and a half of the first period, kind of gave up a few too many scoring chances late in the second period, although Sorokin came and was able to bail them out of that one. And all of a sudden, that 5 nothing lead at the end of 40 minutes, it was 5-3. And you knew Vancouver wasn't out of this game. So with 5 minutes and 25 seconds left in the second period, the 5 nothing lead had vanished to 5-3. And in the first, let's say, 8, were nine minutes of the third period. Vancouver came out. We knew this was going to happen. They gave, you know, their push. And thankfully, Sorokin came up big. He was able to hold down the fort, even though the team looked a little out of sync early in the third period. And then midway through the third period, the Islanders kind of regrouped, got things going again. And then they close it out with a little more than five and a half minutes left with the goal by Matt Martin. But it is disconcerting to see the 5 nothing lead disappear and become 5-3. And yeah, okay, Vancouver changed goalies. They took Yaroslav Halak out, even though Halak wasn't really at fault for all of these goals. But you can't take your foot off the gas Look, no team in the NHL plays and dominates for 60 minutes. Even if you're playing the Canadiens or the Coyotes or one of the teams that is really struggling, there are ebbs and flows in every game. And I'm not saying that the Islanders have to go out and play a perfect 60 minutes where they're in control of the game from opening whistle to the final, you know, siren going off at the end of the game. That's unrealistic. But you can't have a 5 nothing lead and let up enough that the other team makes a game out of it. You know, the old expression is that three-goal lead is the most dangerous lead in the NHL. And, you know, that's kind of a cliche and it's kind of BS. But realistically, five-goal leads, okay, you give up a goal, maybe even two. You can't let it get to 5-3 to three where the outcome of the game is suddenly in doubt again. And the Islanders did that, and that is a big area of concern, to say the least, under the circumstances. You gotta you gotta do better than that. And the Islanders did not, and that is again a concern. The other thing is they just gave up a few too many shots, especially again, after the early part of the game where they were really in control. And when you look at the shot chart, a lot of those shots coming from the high danger areas that I always talk about in between the two face-off circles, drawing that triangle down to the crease. And the Islanders, you know what? Out of their five, five of their six goals came from those areas. So they did more than enough on offense to get those opportunities. But defensively, they gave up 
a lot of them. And, you know, two of the three goals came more or less from that area. One came from the point. But Ilya Sorokin got the job done. And he made 34 saves to earn the victory. That's a 919 save percentage. My concern is once you got that big 5 nothing lead, you can't allow 37 shots on goal. It was just a little too nonchalant at times. And that was a problem. But other than that, you know, you got more also from your defensemen. And the Islanders, we've talked about the lack of goal scoring and lack of points they're getting from their defensemen overall. Five of the six defensemen who dressed for this game had an assist. The only one who didn't, Andy Green. And Green gave you a solid 19 minutes and 45 seconds of ice time. He was a plus two, did a good job overall. But five of the six getting at least one assist in this game, and you had Pellick, Mayfield, and Green all a plus two. So, overall, more production from the Islanders defenseman, and again, Scotty Mayfield continues to be productive, and every line out there on the ice had at least one goal scorer. The balance was there after you shake up the lines. I like what happened. It really worked out there today. So congratulations to the Islanders, but here's the key. Here's the key. This is all well and good. You get the two points. You have the very fast start. You play inspired hockey, especially in the first 16 or 17 minutes of this game. Build on it. Build on it. Friday night, the Islanders will return to action. We're at the stage of the season right now where we know that this Islanders team cannot afford to win one, lose one, win one, lose one, play a a, a good game, and then lay an egg in the next. We need to see (coughs) solid performances from the Islanders on a game-in, game-out basis. And when they resume play Friday, they have got to play another strong game. This game just isn't going to mean anything in long term. So to get the two points, put them in your back pocket, but you've got to build on them. And the Islanders... They've got to go out there and show that what they did last night was not a one-time thing. It was the start of a revival for this hockey team. And hopefully we'll see it uh, Friday night. Not an easy situation because the Islanders will be in Edmonton to take on the high-flying Oilers. Edmonton finding themselves a little more. We'll have a full preview of that game on tomorrow's show. We've got more to talk about today, though. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day. We'll go back around 10, 12 years for that one. Uh, A a forward who 
was productive for the Islanders for several seasons. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain store and auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You could save time and money when using Rock Auto. So why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more from the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, again, we're a couple of days late now because it was Tuesday. That was the 38th birthday for former Islanders winger Sean Bergenheim, the native of Helsinki, Finland. First round pick of the Islanders back in 2002, the 22nd overall pick. And he made his NHL debut in 2003-2004, but it took him a couple more years to become a full-time NHLer. And by 2007-2008, he was in the lineup every game. And, you know, Bergenheim was sort of a a solid third-line wing. He would play solid defensively, pitch in your 15 goals or so, uh, wasn't afraid to be physical when he needed to, but you know, had some speed and was able to contribute offensively. Stayed with the Islanders through the 2009-2010 season, then played for Tampa Bay and then Florida before heading back to Switzerland and Sweden where he finished his NHL career after the 2017-2018 season. In the NHL, uh, 506 games played, 96 goals, 180 points, and 379 penalty minutes. Add 26 playoff games, although none of them were with the Islanders. 12 goals and 17 points in those. And he represented Finland three times, by the way, in the World Junior Championships. We're going to go back and look at Sean Bergenheim's best offensive performance with the Islanders March 7th, 2009, 15,524 fans on hand at the Nassau Coliseum as the New Jersey Devils visited the New York Islanders. Kevin Weeks, the goalie for the Devils, Joey McDonald in the nets for the Isles, and it was the Islanders getting on the board first. Radek Martinek, his third from Dean McCammon and Jeff Tambellini, just a minute 42 into the game. 1-0 Isles. Then the Islanders get a power play when John Madden is called for high sticking and Kyle Oposo makes them pay. His 13th from Josh Bailey and Franz Nielsen at 10.59. Islanders up 2-0. And 
Three minutes, six seconds later, Jeff Tambellini, his fourth from Mark Streit and Joe Callahan. After 20 minutes, I was up comfortably three to nothing. But the Devils do score early in the second to get back into it. Just 29 seconds in, as a matter of fact. Brian Gianta, his 15th. Colin White and Mike Motto with the assist. And it's a 3-1 to hockey game. But our Islanders' birthday of the day answers quickly. Uh, a minute and 11 seconds later, Sean Bergenheim, his 12th. From Mike Igledon and Jack Hillen at 140. 4-1 Isles. Jamie Langenbrunner makes it 4-2 at the 4-0-1 mark. Assist to Bryce Salvador and Zach Parise. But the Islanders' power play comes through again with Langenbrunner off for tripping Blake Como tallies on the power play. His six, Bailey and Andy Hilbert with the assist at 13 minutes even, and it's a 5-2 to two Islanders lead. Late in the period, Sean Bergenheim, our Islanders' birthday of the day, his second of the game, 13th of the year. Mike Igledon with the only assist at 17-20, and the Islanders had a 6-2 to two lead. Patrick Eliash got the Devils to within 6-2. Uh, Three, and then the Devils pull their goalie and Sean Bergenheim with one second left on the clock. An empty net, shorthanded goal. Jack Hillen with the assist for Bergenheim, his only career NHL hat trick. Islanders beat the Devils 7-3 to three in this one. And uh, Martin Brodeur giving up six goals of the seven. Uh, in this one, Kevin Weeks gave up just the one goal, but the Islanders beat Brodeur for Joey McDonald, 35 saves. Islanders outshot 38-28, to 28. but for Sean Bergenheim, our Islanders' birthday of the day, three goals. He also led the team with six shots on goal. He was a plus three, had the game winner, two even strength, one shorthanded, and uh, again, his only NHL hat trick. So happy belated 38th birthday to Sean Bergenheim. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. That is going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will be back tomorrow for the full preview of the Islanders' two games over the weekend, including Friday night's game against Edmonton. And we'll have the latest on all your Islanders news as we prepare for that. Have a great day, everybody, and uh, obviously stay safe. Now, thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets. It's your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert insight and analysis by Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course... Let's go Islanders!